a desert planet with twin suns. Why do I sense we've picked up another pathetic life form? Use my knowledge. Much to learn, you still Welcome back to Twin Sun Talks, folks. I'm your host, Jonah Lou. Thank you so, so much for listening. And today I have a counterpart to my episode from a couple weeks ago called uh, Original Trilogy Ships You Must Know. This week we're going to be doing prequel trilogy ships that you must know. So without further ado, let's dive into ARC Trooper training. Gentlemen, who wants to be an ARC Trooper? I do, sir! So, much like the previous episode, we're going to be going into... Uh, kind of what I think are the most significant and or uh, important ships to know uh, from the prequel era of Star Wars. And the prequel era goes from episode one, which is the Phantom Menace, all the way to episode three, which is Revenge of the Sith. So that covers uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and Revenge of the Sith. And I'm going to be splitting these kind of into different factions uh, with Republic first, then Separatists, and then kind of independent uh, groups. So, first off, with the Republic, we have the Venator-class Star Destroyers, or Jedi Cruisers, as they're called at the time. So these are the large capital ships that the Republic uses. They are the precursors to the Imperial Star Destroyers we see in the original trilogy. Uh, and they are, are, I would say, one of the more recognizable ships from this era. We also have light cruisers and acclimators, which are essentially scaled-down versions of uh, the larger Star Destroyers. Um, acclimators were primarily troop transports uh, rather than battleships, and uh, light cruisers were uh, essentially just companion ships that weren't uh, essentially primary primary ships. They were more attack based. Uh, we also have gunships, which were smaller scale troop transports that landed um, troops on the ground. We see that at the Battle of Geonosis, and we see them throughout the Clone Wars. We also have Y-Wing Bombers, which uh, carry over. They are also seen in the original trilogy, but they were first utilized uh, during the Clone Wars, and we see them uh, whenever the uh, Republic is trying to take out the Ion Cannons of the Malevolence. We also see them in uh, the Umbara arc. We see them kind of everywhere, and so we see them in the original trilogy after they've been repurposed after um, the Clone Wars. Moving into ships that may be a little more obscure, V-19 Torrent Starfighters were uh, utilized during the Clone Wars, and we see them in the Clone Wars movie. They're the ones that kind of look like, um, I'm trying to think, they kind of look like a three-prong, they kind of look like a fork without the handle, but they essentially, they had two uh, downward-facing wings and then a a central uh, fin in the middle that came down whenever they were flying, and whenever they landed, it would fold back up but it was essentially it was a three-winged ship uh, that we see utilized within the Clone Wars show and then there were ARC-170 starfighters which look a lot like X-wings but they're a little bit different they have uh, four stability wings that come out kind of like an ARC uh, I mean uh, an X-wing but they have two main wings that stay uh, stationary out on either side of the ship itself Um, and we see these in episode Three attack or revenge of the Sith, and then we also see them utilized in the Clone Wars as well. Um, and then, of course, or not of course, these are kind of uh, obscure as well. But we have Alpha Three Nimbus class V wings, 
which were essentially um, escort ships that would uh, kind of come in beside ships that were entering the atmosphere of a Republic-controlled planet and would get uh, their clearance codes and kind of validate that they were uh, not enemy ships. So we see those in uh, Revenge of the Sith. We see them in Bad Batch. Uh, we see them in a lot of these. Uh, they're, they're essentially, they, they don't, we don't see them in combat all that much, but we see them uh, kind of fly in alongside ships and kind of escort them to landing platforms and stuff like that. Going into Jedi Starfighters, we have uh, the first ones, which we see in Episode 2, which are the Triangle sh uh, ships. Uh, those are the Delta-7 uh, Ether Sprite class light interceptors, um, which we see like Obi-Wan flying his, and in Clone Wars we see Anakin, Ahsoka, Kephisto, Plo Koon, uh, CC-10, like we see so many people using them. I think that those are some of my favorite ships. I love the sounds that they make whenever they fly. Obviously, there would be no sound in space, but we, we overlook that. Um, and... I, I just think the design is super, super cool. The other variation of Jedi uh, crew uh, or Jedi starfighters that we see, we see them first in Episode 3, but we also see them within the Clone Wars show, which Anakin and Obi-Wan are flying in Episode 3. They are uh, the ETA-2 Actus Light Interceptors. So those are the ones with the little stability wings that fold out of the wings. They're not triangle-shaped, um, but they're still very, very cool. Um... Uh, both of those require hyperspace rings to travel through hyperspace. So we see those with like little attachments that they can fly into because they don't have built-in hyperdrives, so they need those in order to travel through hyperspace if need be. So all that said, that's uh, what I believe are the most significant Republic ships. Let's move on to Separatists. So there are a few capital there are more capital ships for the Separatists than for the Republic. Uh, First of which being the Providence-class Dreadnought, which I believe is the same as the Invisible Hand, uh, which was Grievous's capital ship in uh, Episode 3. These are the big ones that have kind of almost the hog nose on the front. They're pretty distinct. Uh, Luker Hulk-class battleships are the ones that look like crescents with the little ball in the middle. Uh, and those were primarily used by the Trade Federation before they were sold... Uh, to be used by the Confederacy of Independent Systems during the Clone Wars. But we see them, uh, if they have blue markings on them, then they are CIS ships, and if they do not, and they are either playing gray, then they are Trade Federation ships. That's a, a cool way that they uh, distinguish between the two. We also have uh, Munificent-class uh, Star Frigates, which are the ones that kind of have the, uh, the two shells on the front that are separated by a small gap. Um, those are the, I would say, the most common uh, capital ships that we see kind of squaring off against Jedi cruisers in Clone Wars and in uh, Episode five or episode 3, um, Revenge of the Sith. Then we also have uh, Recussant-class Commerce Guild Destroyers, which are just another variation of... They're pretty similar to uh, Dreadnoughts, but they kind of have the pointy nose. This one might be the one that the Invisible Hand is. I'm not entirely sure, but it has... A long, thin part, and then three big um, ion engines on the back. Uh, and lastly, of the capital ships, we have the Malevolence, which there was only one of these, and it was kind of like, almost like uh, the Star Destroyer, or the Death Star of this age. And 
We see this in the uh, first real arc of the Clone Wars. It's episodes two through four, I believe, which um, follows uh, the arc of the Republic attempting to destroy the Malevolence. And what the Malevolence was, was it was a giant capital ship which had two massive ion engines on either side of uh, the ship itself. And those ion engines would send out an electromagnetic uh, shockwave uh, which c- came out like a giant ball of electricity, essentially, which would render enemy ships useless. And whenever they got caught in this field, they would not be able to move or fire back. They would be sitting ducks. Uh, we see Plo Koon fall victim to this. Uh, he and his troops survive, spoiler alert. Um, but we see them uh, this... Uh, take place in the Clone Wars, and I would highly recommend watching it if you haven't already. Go back to my episodes two and three of this podcast to see my roadmap through the Clone Wars, making it easy and manageable to go through that amazing but long series. Uh, If you have time, I would recommend watching all of it. But, um, yeah, that's all. Um, As far as starships and transports, we have Vulture Droids, uh, which are kind of the iconic... um, droid starships uh that we see a lot in episodes one two and three as well as in the clone wars um droid gunships which we see in episodes three and in the clone wars um those are the ones that kind of look like they have a face almost uh we see them in the tail end of the clone wars they were kind of first introduced in the Audron arc they're pretty cool hyena bombers which are essentially vulture droids, but they have bombing capabilities. And then uh, Tri-Fighters, which are introduced... They're, they're, they're kind of uh, utilized within Clone Wars, but not really. Um, we see them in Episode 3. Uh, they're the ones that also look like they have a face, but they're more spherical, and they have three uh, laser guns that point forward. Um, we also have C-99... Uh, seven nine landing crafts, uh, which are the kind of the standard landing crafts that we see uh, taking droids down to planet surfaces. We see them in episode from episode one to three, um, and in the Clone Wars as well. And we also see Trident class assault ships, which are almost exclusively seen in Clone Wars. But what they are essentially, they have four tentacles. Almost they kind of look like squid, and they have a beaks which allow them to pierce through uh metal surfaces and so they can board ships that way or they can infiltrate um they can infiltrate uh strongholds kind of like we see in on the attack on Camino, or they can be used underwater as we see in the moncala arc so those are the those are the only separatist ships that i wanted to note Uh, a couple independent ships we have the Comruck class fighters, which are the Mandalorian gauntlet ships that we see, uh, of Mandalorian starfighters, essentially, which are super, super cool. They're some of my favorite ships. We also see uh, ships utilized on Umbara. I didn't uh, do my research to see what they are called specifically, but I remember those as I was going through this uh, episode. And um, lastly, we have Slave One, which I talked about in... Uh, the original trilogy ships episode but we see it utilized by Django Fett in this one and uh essentially what that was it was Boba Fett and Django Fett's ship uh I don't remember what 
the specific make and model of it is, um, but uh, we see seismic charges used in their uh, chase with Obi-Wan, which is absolutely amazing, and it is one of the best sounds in Star Wars. Um, so that's about all I have. It was a quicker episode. I've got some stuff to do, so I'm a little scattered, but I hope that y'all enjoyed that, and it wouldn't be a proper episode if I didn't leave y'all with a little bit more. So I got two uh, quick facts about Jawas. So for those of you who don't remember, Jawas are the small hooded creatures that we see on Tatooine at the beginning of A New Hope. We also see them in The Mandalorian um, and in Clone Wars a little bit. But they're the ones that kidnap R2-D2 and C-3PO. And they travel in this thing called the Sandcrawler. And the number of droids that they can fit in a Sandcrawler would be 1,500, give or take. And uh, bonus fact... Jawas have a very strong body odor because they think that washing is a waste of water. Uh, because we know on Tatooine, it's a giant desert. So water is very scarce. And so I just thought that that was very interesting. And obviously they aren't just on, um, they aren't just on Tatooine. We see them on wherever QL lives. I don't remember which planet that is, but it's, uh, I don't know. It's the planet that he finds the Eye of Spoken Guy in uh, Mando Season 1, and then we also know that they're on Navarro 7. So, uh, they're not just on Tatooine, but we do. this just shows that they're very uh, frugal uh, little, little, little buggers. Um, so, that's all that I have for y'all. Um, hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode. If you think that I missed any ships, feel free to call me out. Uh, email me twinsuntalks at gmail.com. DM me at twinsuntalks on Instagram. Uh, leave a comment on YouTube. We are Twin Sun Talks Podcast. Uh, whatever you would like, I would love to see y'all's comments and correct myself if need be. Uh, okay, that's all I have. You've taken your first steps into a larger world. May the force be with you, and I will see y'all in the next episode. Bye, friends.